The Bamboo Project Podcast starts in three, two. Welcome to the Bamboo Project Podcast. My name is Donovan Gray, the future $10 billion man. On the way to 10 billion, I decided I'm going to help create 1,000 millionaires, including myself. And not by being a guru or selling a course, but by doing the things I already love to do every day and documenting the journey to get there. I figure I'll make all the mistakes so you don't have to. My name is Donovan Gray, and this is how I will turn my life into a living. I'd like to start off by giving a shout out to all the people rocking with us and supporting the channel. We really appreciate you. We are currently streaming on all major streaming platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, you name it, we on it. And if we not on it, we about to be on it. For everyone listening to this podcast and not watching it, you can find us on YouTube at The Bamboo Project. We have over 400 videos on our channel. You want to learn real estate? We got that. You want cooking tutorials inspired by Dr. Sebi? We got that. Travel and lifestyle vlogs? Got it. You want makeup and hair growth tutorials? Got it. Basketball? Got it. It's everything us. All the parts of the journey that don't make it to YouTube will probably be on our story. You can find me on Instagram at Donovan Gray, D-O-N-I-V-A-N-G-R-A-Y, and my phenomenal, beautiful, amazing girlfriend, Anita Byrne, A-N-E-T-A-B-U-R-N. The Bamboo Project is about turning your life into a living by making money off the things you already do every day. We made different playlists for all the things we're into, and you can find all of those links in the description box below. This may be your first time here, and if it is, welcome to the family. But for everyone else, this is chapter three, page three, okay? This podcast has four different segments. We have the life update, episode playback, Donovan's questions, and the topics of the day. All video and audio timestamps will be in the description box below. Today's date is... April 5th, and it is 11.36 a.m., nice and early. Uh, so before we get into the first segment, which is life update, we always start off with screen time. For those who have been here, you already know. Those who are new, you're about to find out. I like to go to see how much time I spent on my phone. The reason being is because I know that if I don't take advantage of my phone, then my phone is for sure taking advantage of me. Now, before I look at it, okay, I think it's going to be significantly lower than normal. I'm going to tell you why after I check. Let's see. For last week, my average screen time, oh, that's this week, my bad. My average screen time was seven hours and 59 minutes last week, all right? Now, that is down from the previous week, which was eight hours and 52 minutes. So it's about an uh, hour less. Uh, so for this week, my most used app was YouTube for 18 hours and 39 minutes. My second most used app was Safari for seven hours and 53 minutes. And then number three was Twitter for five hours and 13 minutes. The average amount of times I picked up my phone every day last week was 92 times. And my first used app after pickup was YouTube. So a uh, beautiful, phenomenal, amazing girlfriend. What is your screen time for last week? Six hours and seven minutes. My most used app was Instagram. Uh, for 10 hours, then Google Maps for 8 hours, and then TikTok for 7 hours. Yeah, and then my most, my first 
used app after mess uh, after pickup is my messages, and then the second is Instagram. Uh, a couple of days ago, I told you I was gonna update that as to why I think my screen time will be lower uh, going forward. I decided to delete Instagram off of my phone. So I deleted Instagram off my phone, and I also uh, for Twitter I don't have the app. So what I've been doing in the past is I'll just go on the website and just go on there. So not only did I put a time limit of one minute on Twitter for my uh, my usage, I also put a code to have to get in to use the, uh, my Twitter. So it's a two step you know, verification to use it. So I figure if I'm mindlessly scrolling through my phone and I, you know, sometimes it's kind of crazy. I will, without even thinking about it, go to type in Twitter and they'll be like, oh shit, I'm going to Twitter. But they will not instantly see that little notification or a little screen that's like, hey, you know, you have to put in a code and your time is up. I'm like, oh, okay, shit, I forgot. And then I just go off of it. Um, for Instagram, I just deleted the app in its entirety. And I will say that I've noticed a big change. And on the podcast, I've talked about this many times where I don't know if I'll say it many times, but for sure, I had a lot more energy that day when I deleted the app off my phone. And in the past, people who may have heard the episode, maybe you guys didn't. I had listened to a podcast that had talked about how social media, because it fragments your, I think it's your, your concentration or your thinking or your attention span, whatever it is, it makes you more tired throughout the day. Um, I think that's something to do with the, there's a term for that. It's called um, decision fatigue. I think that's what it's called. And it's having to make multiple decisions over and over and over again throughout the day. After a certain part, after a certain time of the day, you just start to get really tired. You're like, you know what? It's three o'clock. I've already had to make, you know, 500 decisions from the morning to now. Whether it be what shirt I want to wear, whether it be, you know, what app I'm going to go on. People are talking about this and whatever else the case might be in your situation. So the reason why I decided to delete the app not only was for the screen time, but I was laying in the bed with Melissa. I think it was probably Thursday or Friday. Um, and honestly, it probably started before she even got to the house. And I just felt this like very uncomfortable feeling of being stagnant, not doing anything. I hate the feeling of not doing anything and then trying to do something that I'm supposed to do, but doesn't actually feel like I'm moving myself forward. So an example of that would be, let's say that um right now you know we're focused on the house that's our biggest focus if i have to clean a litter box or i have to you know write down what my goals for tomorrow are right none of those things help get the house done so i feel like i'm wasting time by doing them so then i inevitably don't want to do it but then what happens is I end up laying in the bed. I'm like, okay, I feel like I'll be wasting my time if I go and clean the litter box. I feel like I'm wasting my time if I go and brush my teeth. If I go and do, um, what else am I might do around the house? Uh, make up the bed. Like, I just feel like, okay, so that's done. The house, we still need to get that finished. So none of those things help with the actual goal that I have in the forefront of my mind. So I don't think this is a good thing or a bad thing 
it's a thing that happens. But from that, I go, you know what? I just don't do anything. And it's, I would probably say it's definitely a bad thing because something is better than nothing. So, but I know it's very common practice for people to feel like, okay, you have so much to do, you just do nothing at all. And that's what would happen a lot of the times. So that feeling to me feels like if you were to imagine those superheroes where, you know, they change their outfit and they rip off the buttons of their shirt. That's how I felt, but the buttons of the shirt would be my actual skin. Like I felt like like squeezing the middle of my chest and pulling open because of how much I, I wanted something to happen. I felt like something needs to happen. So, but, and it's, it's a weird feeling because you can't get away from it. And it's like, okay, I can go and clean a litter box. I can go and, you know, clean the counter. I can go and put away the laundry. But now that it's done, that took maybe an hour. I still have not done the things that I, I want to get done because I don't have any power to get those things finished. So that's the feeling that I have, like ripping my chest open. It's just a really like, that. that's how I could describe it. So... I'm laying in the bed with Melissa, right? Oh no, before she got here. And I'm scrolling on Instagram and going back and forth between Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. It's this weird thing that I know I do. I'll just go back and forth between all the apps. This one, that one, this one, that one. Mind you, nothing changes between each app. It's literally just the same thing over and over. Like nothing is changing in the in five minutes. Um, but I realized that I, I don't go on the app to find something that's changing. I go on there to distract myself from not doing anything that's why i'm on there and i've noticed lately maybe over the last couple of weeks i i've been getting that that uncomfortable feeling of you know ripping my chest open so i was laying in the bed with melissa um and she was on tiktok right so i had put my phone down it's probably like 12 o'clock it's dark the cats are in the playpen and I'm looking at her phone. She's scrolling. You know, there's some funny videos on TikTok. You know, they make some really great content on there. And, you know, I'm laughing. It's jokes and so on and so forth. And I feel better. Like, I don't have that same feeling of my chest being ripped open. But the thing to me was nothing has really changed. Nothing has changed from the, you know, the hour before she got here or 30 minutes before she got here or from me going from my phone to her phone. Nothing's really, nothing, you know, the house is not renovated completely. Like, we're not rich. We're still living in a studio. Nothing has changed. But I did notice that that I didn't feel the same way. So I thought that was odd. So I think she had went to the bathroom, right? So I just turned back over and went on my phone. And immediately I was on my phone and I started to feel that feeling again. I'm just like, why do I feel? And it, it was very faint though, but I knew it was coming. I'm just like, it, I just feel very uncomfortable going through the social media, you know, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, just doing that whole cycle. I started to feel that same uncomfortability. So I'm like, okay, this is, this has to stop. Like, this can't be like, I need to, I don't know if it, if it's kind of going on here, the content I have on here, or it's because I don't like what's going on. Maybe that's the reason that I feel this way. So I said, you know what? I'm going to delete the app. So I deleted the app. I deleted Instagram. I, like I said, I blocked Twitter. I put the code on it or whatever. And I said, okay, that's what I'm going to do. So that was it. So I went to bed the next morning. I woke up and, you know, instinctively, habitually, I went to reach for my phone to go on Instagram. And before I even grabbed it, I said, oh, OK, you know, you don't have it on your app, on your phone. So I said, OK, cool. That was like my first blockade to being able to get the phone. So now I'm kind of laying in the bed like, hmm, 
what can I do? So I'm not going to be on Instagram because normally I wake up, I probably wake up around like four. It varies. It's usually between four and six. Um, it's kind of when I wake up and then I'll go on Instagram and then I'll get tired. I'll go back to sleep and I'll wake up again at like six to eight or something like that. Um, and then I'll try and read. Uh, I try to read like seven to eight or eight to nine in that time period. So now I'm laying in the bed and I'm trying to figure out what is it that I can do. So I get up out the bed. I, you know, I start kind of walking around our very small apartment, which is probably 300 square feet, if even. And I think I went and I maybe brushed my teeth. I started cleaning up a little bit. I had got up. I started being more productive. So I was doing more things. I felt more comfortable and I felt more focused. And what I noticed by the end of the day, I had a lot of energy. Now, for two reasons, I believe I had that energy. I think one of them is because I was not on social media. And as I said earlier, you have the fragmented thought of going back and forth between different thoughts and ideas. So I believe that, like I said, that makes you tired. So between that and then also I had burdock root tea in the morning. And I think both of those things help me to have more energy and stay more focused. And as I'm doing the work that I was doing throughout the day, I knew that if I went on my phone, there was nothing that was going to be there. So from doing that, I realized, or well, from doing the activities, I realized that I see social media as a reward. And it's it's a strange thing to me because I know that everybody talks about the dopamine rush you get from social media and people talk about, you know, that's how it's designed to be. And it's a weird feeling because I I don't think that I can tell when dopamine is being released in my brain. I don't think I don't know what that feels like. I think it's not extreme enough for me to be like, oh, my God, this taste is, feels amazing. I love this. But I think it's small enough for me to go, hmm, let me go check it again. Hmm. Let me see what uh, if we got any new you know, comments. Oh, let me see if we got any new likes. Oh, let me see if we got any new messages. And I think that the problem for me, and I don't know if other people feel the same way, is that I think that social media has like tied in our regular curiosity for things with whatever the platform is. And that small idea of thinking if I got a message or th that's a that's a regular thought, it's a common thought. I don't think it's an addictive thought, but I think what happens is it's set up to have that thought multiple times a day, to have it, you know, three or four times an hour or seven times an hour. And then you're on there and you're like, okay, I wonder if this other person posted, let me check this person's page. Let me check if they posted, oh, did they put up a comment? Oh, what? and you're, and now you're there as a regular human. Cause I, I think, you know, how I perceive addiction is things you can't control, right? And that may be a me thing because of how addiction is perceived online because in actuality, I've never seen or met a person who has a quote addiction. So honestly, I may not even know what addiction feels like or looks like because I've never seen it in person. I've only seen it from what has been portrayed on television. So that idea of, hey, let me just check my email may be what being addicted to something feels like somebody may go somebody who is addicted to alcohol may say you know what i'm having a bad day i'm just gonna drink 
They go, oh man, I ran out of alcohol. I gotta go buy some more. You go get some more. You go, okay, let me, you know, drink some of this. Okay, I'm starting to feel a little bit better. You know, you go, oh man, now I'm stressed out about, you know, something else. You drink a little bit more. And when I see addiction on television, it's like drinking, stumbling over, can't control yourself, you know, scratch your neck if you want cocaine. You just, that's the image that I have of it. So because I'm not exhibiting that behavior from being on social media, I've, it's hard for me to describe or define it as an addiction because it's regular, normal being. It's, it's like, it's like, you know, people who have been in relationships will notice if you've been in a lot of relationships, eh, maybe not a lot, maybe some, but when you're in love with somebody, you do crazy things that make no sense. And you justify it, or I, in my case also, will justify it in, the, in that moment or in that act because it makes sense. Like, it makes logical sense to us. Okay, it's like, hey, it's like, hey, we'll think to ourselves, the only reason why I'm going to take them back is because I believe they're going to get better in the future. And this will be the sixth year of the person doing the same thing. And you keep saying the next year they're going to get better. The next month they're going to get better. And when I'm inside it, when people are inside it, it feels like this is normal. Yeah, yeah, this is this makes a lot of sense. Like, why would I not check my Instagram? People, people comment about whatever I'm doing. Why would I not take this person back? They said they were sorry. That's how that works. Um, so I said, this is a revelation I'm having actually right now as I'm saying it, that I wonder if that is what addiction feels like. Because I've never, like I said, I've never met anybody who's addicted to something. Um, but, which I think is actually funny, that's actually hilarious. So, if somebody... Let me ask my girlfriend, babe, you think I'm addicted to social media? She said yes. And why do you think that? Um, but like it's the only thing that you do. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a weird thing because I don't know if you do it because you feel like you need to know what's going on or if you just don't know what else to do but i do know that it's if you're not doing something like specific whether it's work related or whatever like that's typically the thing that you do mm-hmm. or watching tv like that's it right and i said that's what i was saying earlier where it's like how could that be defined as an addiction if i said hey i want to check the news and see what's going on with ukraine i want to check the news and see what's going on with you know hunter biden i want to check the news and see what's going on with I don't know, um, the supply chain, right? And the funny thing I was kind of asking Melissa now is, well, before I even get to that, the reason I asked Melissa if she thinks I'm addicted to social media is because, because I'm inside of it, I can't see it. But for somebody who's outside of it, they may look and see like, bro, like you are addicted to social media. Like I can see like the image of you from my eye, my perspective of you is you have been looking at your phone for six hours straight, right? And as me inside of the bubble, I'm thinking, okay, I checked uh, Deara's page. Okay, I checked uh, Kelly's page. I checked Melissa's page. I checked the candle page. I checked, 
the other uh, Bamboo Project pages. Okay, now I'm gonna go to YouTube. Okay, I checked the comments. I respond to the comments. Okay, now I need to watch this. I watch this video. Okay, Dag. I wonder if the person from Instagram that I wrote to responded back to me. So let me go back on there. And I'm thinking that I'm doing this thing, but somebody from the outside just sees me scrolling on my phone for six hours straight, right? And that's to me why I I think there's this disconnect for me about what addiction probably feels like or is. Um, but I'm gonna ask you, what do you think, it, does it look like, like from a perspective, like your eyes, does it look like that? Does it look like what? I'm addicted. Like not from what you see me do, but in terms of the optics of it and what it looks like. What do you mean? So, well, as I'm asking you this question, it came to my mind, right? I'll be watching a show and F throughout the show, I would took I would look at my phone. Yes. Right. All the time. Right. Like you can't. Like you cannot be separated from it. Have you? Have you? Uh, have you ever not known where your phone was throughout the day? Sure. Like not knowing where it is. I mean, yeah. But it's funny. Uh, I yes, that I have definitely not known where my phone is throughout the day. However, there are times that I have to kind of chuckle at myself because I feel like my phone's a part of me, like my hand. Right. Because I'm like. I know that I sometimes have to like look for my phone, mm -hmm. like gen like genuinely be like, damn, I don't know where I put that shit, and I have not seen it in like an hour or two. And I feel like I don't think you'd be looking for your phone like that. I'd be in the bed looking for it, right? Because it's like in the sheet somewhere, not necessarily because you have no clue where it is. Yeah, it's probably around me. Like it's not. It's it's very rare unless I leave the house and put it somewhere. It's very rare my phone will be somewhere else. And then, how long? Do you feel like your phone, like, has your phone ever died and you not charged it immediately? Have I? Uh, no. I shook my head no if y'all yeah, couldn't see that. Uh, has my phone died and I not charge it immediately? Yeah. No. I don't think so that. So every time you charge it immediately? I mean, if it dies, I plug it in. I don't know what. Yeah. Because me, if my phone dies, it's gonna be dead for a little while. Mm. I promise you. I promise you. This time I didn't even know it was dead. Where I found out, it's like, damn, that's. Well, yeah. So I definitely, I definitely don't have that. Um, but I have three phones. So even if my phone, that's something like, if my phone dies, I grab another one. So that one might be dead. So I'll, I'll come back. I'll come back and get it later, and it's dead. Like, oh shit, it's dead. But I was using a different phone the whole time. So it's like, oh, that's another thing too, where it's like. I may say no, I don't have an addiction, but I have three iPhones, two iPads, two laptops, and a bunch of AirPods. But no, I'm fine. I don't have an addiction. Like I don't. I, no, I'm good. Like, and that's why you know I kind of laugh sometimes. I'm like, hmm. If if I was to see me from a different perspective, would I think that I use it too much? Well, I know I use it too much. Like, is it an addiction or do I use it too much? And here's what I personally. This is my my opinion on it. On it, right? I think it's boredom. That's what I think it is. I think I'm so bored. I'm looking for something to keep myself entertained. I'm like, I'm like rock. Yes, go outside. Go play basketball. I hear you, right? I hear you. You have the, the means, the transportation, like just go. Right, and then this is what happens. My brain goes. It's, it's probably just an excuse, but I'm, I don't know why I don't want to go. I'm doing the thing I want to do. Like the stuff in my life I want to do, I'm doing. But I'm not going out to play basketball, which I love to do. 
But I'm like, that's because I'm doing other things. So I'm like. And, and like what? In what situation? Because I'm like, like, are you saying that you can't go outside to play basketball because you do other things? So here's how I justify it in my head. Doing, then again, I'm just how my justification for it. Doing nothing is better than doing something that is in the wrong direction of where I want to go. I was playing basketball in the wrong direction. I have the cold call. It's better for me to do nothing than to, if I'm going to use my energy, I should put it towards cold calling, not doing something that's not cold calling. But I have a path, right? I can either go cold call or I can play basketball. In my mind, Staying at the intersection or the crossroads is better than going, you know what? I'm going to go that way. Because now that I, I have the energy to do it and I'm using the energy to do something that is not that. So it's like, here's an example. Think about it like food. If you want to be healthy, you go, okay, I could either not eat or I could eat these donuts. Is eating donuts better than is eating the donuts better than eating the healthy option? That's how I look at it. It's like I could just I rather just do nothing. Did I eat healthy like the whole week, the whole two weeks? Hmm. Sure. If I did, I'm probably gonna eat the donut. But is it better than the other options? What I'm saying. Cause you could you could do nothing. You have three options. You could do nothing. You can do the good thing, or you can do the wrong thing. I don't see basketball as a wrong thing. Okay, so do you see why I say it's a wrong thing? In theory, yeah. Okay. Because right? you could spend your time doing other things. Right. Like, I feel like if I feel like if you if that day you're not gonna cold call, you might as well just play basketball because you're not cold calling either. The same thing with, with this it's the same thing with uh riding my bike. What does that mean? Where um I would wear I would bring my boots, I would not bring my sneakers to work. Do you feel like if you start playing basketball you're no longer gonna do other things? Mmm. Eh. Not strongly, but listen, I had thought about it while we were talking and having this conversation. Because that's a different conversation than it being like. But then here's the thing. Why not? If if my if that is my decision to go play basketball, what about tomorrow when I have to cold call or play basketball? What do I do the next day? You gauge it based off of what you've done already. So let's say that your goal for the week is to cold call a thousand people. Mm-hmm. If it's Wednesday... And you already did 900. Go play basketball. But I didn't do the 1,000. Like I said, if it's one, if your goal is for the week and it's Wednesday, mm-hmm. and you already did 900, I think you can play basketball. And then you can do the last 100 within the next two days. Like, it's up to, I think it's up to you to gauge yourself and what you feel like you can and can't do. Okay, so from an emotional standpoint, why do you think I do that? Why do you think you do what? Do neither. Mm. 
anger. Mm-hmm. From an emotional standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds to me like you're trying to avoid something from happening from you playing basketball. And that's why I'm that's why I'm trying to figure out like, do you feel like you're not gonna do get other things done if you do that? Um, hmm. It's interesting that you say that. Um, the reason I say it's interesting because I don't want to get hurt. Like physically? It's been, it's been a thought in my mind. Because I'm like, I'm not in shape. And I haven't been this not in shape before. So I don't know what the ramifications of playing basketball are. I think that if that's the situation, then you just get in shape so that you can play. But like, not, I don't think not playing it is going to help you to get to the point where you feel better in your body about playing it. But in my mind, I'm like, you know what? I'll just wait till I get in shape. I'll go whenever we go, whenever we move. <laughs> when is that? Whenever we move, go to the gym on the lift. And I'll get, I'll be able to get more acclimated with either my weight or just kind of getting back and used to moving my body around more and then play basketball more often. I feel like that's the same thing as like me waiting for us to move for me to work on my music. Mm. What does that mean? Right. It, you can still do it now. But I don't want to. Well, the reason I actually from an emotional standpoint is because I'm reading. I just read a book. It's called uh, Never Split the Difference. Um, I forgot the guy's name. Oh, Chris Voss. That's his name. And I've been playing around with this idea after reading a book. That. Logic is. Not as important as people make it seem. And I think logic comes second to what people feel. I think everybody makes emotional decisions first and then try to justify it with logic. And I'm trying to figure that out now because I think whatever I'm feeling is the reason why I'm not doing the thing. And I'm trying to come up with a reason as to why I'm not doing the thing. So that's why I'm like, I believe that my gut instinct is whatever is correct, but I don't know. I can't verbalize that feeling. So that's what I'm asking you. And that's why I think what you said was true or it resonates with me. You said maybe I'm avoiding something. I'm like, okay, that feels right. But now I'm trying to figure out what is it that I'm avoiding? I said, I personally think it's getting hurt. Um, I think that's part of it. And... I think is I think it's boredom. That's what I think. Boredom as to why you don't want to play basketball. As to why I'm not doing anything. Ah, I don't say I'm not doing anything, but why I feel like doing nothing. Um, sure. It's like I don't really know what else you would like to do, so I can't really suggest anything else. I'm not asking you to suggest anything. I'm asking you to. To what? 
I'm asking you to from what from your perspective, what do you think is happening? Not for you not for your suggestion of what to do, but what do you think is happening? For me, use social media a lot and not playing basketball. You don't do things for fun. Why do you think that is? I think you feel guilty. Hmm. Why do you think that? Oh, that's a good one. I, I remember when I was doing therapy, uh, there was a definition for guilty that the guy had I looked up that one time, which was very interesting because I did not know what guilty actually means and guilty means i think they said it was like doing something that feels good but you know is wrong because it's with with the way that you're describing it it's like okay i don't want to do anything that's not going to propel me forward so it sounds like if you do do something that's you don't feel is propelling you forward you feel like you shouldn't be doing it mm -hmm. so feeling like you shouldn't do something i feel like falls in line with feeling guilty so let's say that you decide you want to watch movies all day or something like that, or decide you want to go to the park or mm -hmm. go for a drive. It's going to be like, damn, I could be doing something else that can propel me forward. But yeah, I think we're kind of in a space where it's like, I don't know what else we can necessarily do. So. Right. And that's why I'm so I guess I, I agree. I think that is true. Uh, okay. So in my past right i guess yes yeah in my past there have been i call them bubbles and they are spaces between a and b and they're spaces of doing nothing and melissa's here so we're here now um but before i was usually by myself and i remember i would sit in my room and do nothing at all like absolutely nothing and it felt excruciating to just sit there and do absolutely nothing because i'm still waiting for this and waiting for that i'm waiting for this i'm waiting for that um and i feel like that's what's happening now however i've never connected it with the guilt of doing something that i think is not taking me in a path I want to go towards but I do think it's funny because there are days that I try to do that there are days we talked about on here shout out to my guy uh lemon and lime where I will have to force myself to do something that more or less feels good and that thing is usually watching anime for the day that's usually what I'll do. Okay, I'm gonna just watch anime for the for all of today and do absolutely nothing today. Um, so, hmm. Yeah, I think I. I, mean, I think that I experience it too. So mm -hmm. that's another reason why I feel like it's that. Mm -hmm. So yeah. So then, why do you think I do nothing instead of doing the other thing? Well, this is my theory. Um, wow. I feel like, I don't know. I think I know what it is. For me, I tell myself that I did what I could. So I, I, should, I shouldn't I should beat myself up from doing 
whatever it is that I want to do. So if I want to hang out with my mom or hang out with my cousin or go step in home goods real quick while I'm grocery shopping, it's like I'm not doing nothing that's like yeah, because you can't go all the time. Mm-hmm. I think I think having this conversation helped me figure out what it is. I think that both paths are things that don't take me to where I want to go. And that's why I do nothing. <laughs> so even if you do cold call or do, because you still, okay. I think that's what happens. That cold calling doesn't get me to the house being renovated. Playing basketball does not get me to the house being renovated. Clean the litter box does not get me to moving to Atlanta. So I'm just like, none of these things are getting me to where I want to go. So do not do none of them. I think that's what that thing that's what's happening. Yeah. So the only solutions that I hear is either a finding something that you do feel like is going to get you to where you're going to go, or b do the thing that makes you feel good while you know still being in this position where whatever you're doing is not getting you to. Huh. That's interesting. That that makes that makes the most sense. Huh. Sheesh. I should write this stuff down. Well, you know, you're doing a podcast, so. Yeah, because I'm like, the reason I want to write it down is because I've noticed, you know, with because of the podcast, that there are things that I will have a, a revelation about. Yeah, that's funny. What? There's that time of the year, too. In terms of what? Where things either slow or waiting. Oh, yeah. And I said, I, I've noticed I'll have revelations and I'll forget them. And I'm like, I need to remember those revelations and not only remember it, be able to then put it and apply it. Um, so yeah, listen, that was uh, the, the life update for me deleting Instagram. Uh, now, there's two other things, a couple more things for life update. So shout out to my guy, Tori. Uh, if y'all don't know, he lent us $25,000 to renovate the house. And it's crazy because I'll be running around with Melissa in the car. I'll be sitting in the house, just going over the spreadsheets and things like that. And I'll be just sitting here, right? And I'm just like, how were we ever going to get from, like, get the house completed? without the $25,000. I can't even imagine. And the reason I say that is because at the time, all we needed was $25,000. That was all we needed, right? And then we he sent us the money. We were like, yo, this is crazy. We we, we did it. Like, we, we it was pulled off. Like, we're going to make it through this, right? And then I talked to my contractor, and he's like, yeah, that money, you know, the the budget I gave you does not include the kitchen cabinets, the counters, the flooring in the basement on in the first floor, the second floor. It doesn't include the tiles in the bathroom. It doesn't include any sinks, appliances, or uh, faucets or any of those things, right? And I'm like, what? I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm like, how is that even possible? I'm like, what do you? And it's, it, it was like, bro, we, by the skin of our teeth, got by. Because like I said, there's, I can't even think of, 
there was no way for us to plan for Tory sending us $25,000. There's literally no way to plan for that. And to, to get that miracle, right? And then he hit us with the, yeah, you still need another, at that point, more or less like 20. And we're like, bro, like this is, this is insane. Like it's absolutely ridiculous, right? So we've, we've kind of somewhat figured it out in a sense. The, so technically the budget was originally supposed to be 75K. Um, and then with other extra repairs, it went up to 50K. So we're at 130,000. Um, and then now including all these other finishes, it's another 20K. So what we have left is we have to buy sinks. We have to buy counters. We have to buy cabinets and we probably have to buy something for the basement in terms of tiles for the basement, right? Um, let's see. Yeah, I think that's all we have left to buy. And then appliances, obviously. And then paint the front of the house. I have gotten different quotes for the kitchen. Right now, the kitchen is looking to be about 7000 Um, That's going to be for the cabinets is like three and then the counter is like four so it's like seven thousand dollars there are quartz countertops and then the cabinets are some base models from lowe's so it's about seven thousand um and then the counters i've been trying to shopping around and get different prices i'm still waiting to hear back from different people about pricing it's about four thousand dollars so i have three thousand dollars left over in terms of what i ex assume my future expenses are so the additional three thousand would be to cover the flooring in the basement and the the finishes in the bathrooms and then i guess the kitchen finishes those are what i think i have the three thousand dollars left for um and that's kind of the future expense that i assume that we're going to need so so far out of the 130 to my contract we paid him a hundred and two thousand dollars so we still have left to pay him twenty eight thousand dollars so two things came up recently um shout out to my guy manual too because he's been sending us a hundred dollars every now and again to help us with the project um you know help with the candles he'll send money so we can invest in that initially he wanted he was doing it as an investment and he wanted to get a return and he said you know what forget it just keep the hundred dollars i'm like all right shoot shout out you know thank you and i thought it's interesting that he was doing that because we got a comment on youtube it was from joseph chadwick and he said have you ever thought about starting a patreon account there may be some subscribers who wouldn't mind contributing to your project monthly, right? And I thought it was interesting because right around that time, a week before, Emmanuel sent us the $100. So I'm like, that would be an interesting idea. So the other day I was watching a, this is the second thing I was gonna say. I was watching a interview with Alex Hormozzi, right? I know y'all probably heard of him, he's been everywhere. And he was talking about how he had got a loan from somebody to do some business that he was doing and they was going to pay them back 48 percent return on the money they gave him right and he was doing it over months right so what we have structured right now with my guy tory is once the house is finished he would get uh i think we what we structured 10 percent he said he wanted so the 25k plus 10 percent on top of that he would get it all in a lump sum so i was thinking like okay I wonder if people would invest, I guess, as a private lender, 
and we would pay them 40% over 12 months on that money. Uh, the total amount we need right now is 21448. That includes the trap? No. So then, what is the total amount that we need? Including the trap? 26,000. Okay, so we'll let's, let's say 30,000. This is because. 30? Let's that say 30. That if we get 30, essentially we're going to be paying back 45? I don't know. My math not that good. Uh, 30,000 times. 45 percent equals plus 30 it would be a 43.5 yeah does that sound doable so here's the thing here's how i would structure it is where it would be over a period of time as opposed to it all being at once so if we did it over a year we have to pay back $3,600 a month So you wouldn't give them a lump sum. Right. So we would we would get the 30 back from the house instead of giving it straight to them. Like we're going to do with Tori. And then we would pay them $3,600 a month for 12 months. Okay, I see what you're saying. Okay. How do you think about, what do you think about that? That's 40%. Right. But, I'm, but it's still coming from that amount. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, how much do we have to use left over from that? I see you. you but, but, I, but I'm looking at you too. The thing. What are you thinking about this making you do that? Whenever I ask you what the total amount is, you don't be telling me what the total amount. We ask for the whole thing. Because it's not the whole thing. I, I can't account for things I don't know. That's why I'm like, I'm, I'm telling you what I know. Things you don't know. The trap is a part of the whole thing. It still has to get done. Right. With that, I'm okay. That's like saying buying furniture for Airbnb. What do you mean? No, it's not the same. Why is it not the same? Uh, you can probably. That's I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. That's why I'm like, I'm not. I I know there's how much we for sure need to get to that point, to even get to the house being finished. I feel like the trap is not the same thing as as furniture, right? I'm like, if somebody asks us how much money we need, and then you say the lower number, then we still need that extra money. So it's like, why it's a it's a it's a me thing. Well, I don't want to, like, ask for too much money from somebody. I see. But that's the amount that we need, so we should just say that. I hear you. I hear you. Right? Why not ask for 50000 I'd be confused then when I ask you what's the total amount. And you'd be like, oh, it's 20-something thousand. I'm like, okay. And then, yeah, and you'd be like, yeah, we're going to need another blah, blah, blah after that. I'm like, that's not total. But that's see, because it's like to get to the goal. No. The goal to get the house. But the goal to get the house completed. And that is not complete if the travel is Why is it not complete? Because that means the house is not completely renovated. Because that's still something that needs to be done. So you should take that into account. But so, that's why we got insurance. Do what you do. What? I'm sorry. You asked why I was buying my nails last time. Read pretty much how much money is left after the deal um, was done, after we account for paying people back. See, that's what I'm saying. This is okay. So now. See, this, that's the face because it's not that simple. So at what amount are we selling the house and what are we refinancing it? Those questions come up next. So I, that's where we go back to. I think that is the best option is to sell it. Yeah, that way we can assure we have everybody's money. We don't have to necessarily worry about 
different things, and the area is still appealing and everything like that. We can always get a new house, but like, you can always buy another property. Yeah, yeah. So, yep, yep, yep. Definitely selling it. So okay, about to so. All right, selling is one hundred percent what we're doing. So, yeah, yeah. We about to have. We going to. We don't need an Airbnb in Philadelphia. That's that's the way I see it. Yeah, we don't. Uh, all right, so you guys heard it here first. This is the there is unless the only reason that we would refinance the house is if it comes back worth like four hundred thousand or something like that. But if it comes back less, anything like three fifteen or whatever, we will be selling the house. So that is the final, the final uh, decision is that we will be selling it. That seemed like the best idea. So yeah, so that's uh like I said, that's where we at now with the house. Uh, we're going there on Thursday, and what else? What else? What else? Uh, uh, uh. Yeah, yeah. So like I said, that that'll be that. A couple more things, life update. Very small thing. Uh, you know, for those who keep up with some YouTubers, uh, shout out to Diara. She said in her last video she wants to be a billionaire. She is only the second woman I've ever heard say that, other than Melissa. I have never heard any other woman say they want to be a billionaire. It's just not something I just hear them talk about. Um, so I think that I, I like what she's doing now. It was it was a little rocky for a minute. I was like, mm, seemed kind of odd. She acting kind of strange to me. Just you know, off of YouTube watching videos. To me, it's a show. So as a show, I'm watching it. This character is acting kind of funny to me. But I think the character has had some good. Uh, character development and I like where the show is being taken to so yeah episode playback a couple of things from the whole Will Smith thing I was thinking about after listening to last week's podcast people said that Will Smith blacked out I don't think that's what that was I don't think you black out when you walk up and cross a stage to somebody slap them walk away sit down and yell back I don't think that's blacking out I think that's you making a decision to do something that's really stupid um, something else I thought was kind of interesting I've been hearing a lot is I do wonder yeah I was just thinking about the whole like uh, comedy club fights that can come from the slap like small comedy clubs where people are just up and coming because Melissa and our Melissa and I's first date we had went to a comedy club maybe it was the second date one of them we went to a comedy club I think it was the first one okay um, and they definitely were making jokes on me and Melissa in the back and I don't actually, well, I don't, obviously I don't know the guy, but in environments like that, I wonder how many people have been emboldened to now go on stage and feel like they can do something to the guy on the stage. And I'm also wondering if that is why a lot of comedians have been so upset about this because they come from that life and they feel like this has now, it will now bring on, you know, other people to try and do the same thing. Um, and then something else I learned from this, too, is that the idea that most women have of men are not how men are. And I'm not sure where women get the idea of men. There are very few men that I know of. Uh, maybe it's the group that I hang out with that would think or would do what Will Smith did or even say that it's justified. Without saying that it's completely like it doesn't make any sense to do. 
Um, but I feel like a lot of women think that men are these aggressive fighting creatures that we just, at a slight form of disrespect, we want to punch somebody and kill them and beat them up. And I'm like, most guys that can fight and most guys that have been into fights are not usually trying to fight. They're like, listen, if I have to fight you, I will fight you, but I'm not looking to fight you. It's usually people who, who don't fight or cannot fight or who are actually insecure are the ones that are looking to do to looking to fight somebody. Um, so I feel like from the outside looking in, women think that those are the real men, the ones who are really loud. Those are the ones who are really loud. Those are the ones that girls feel like, oh, these are the real men out here. And then you see them and it's like you date them and it's not the same situation as when you date them. But this is this is me as a guy. So I'm actually curious maybe other women feel different maybe there are women who feel like they have a guy who would beat up a guy for that at the oscars right uh because i'm like yeah i think there are times you could beat a guy up for something like that or at least hit him but at an oscars i don't feel like that makes you look like a man and If his if his goal was to stop people from making fun of Jada, protect her, he did not do that. Because now everybody, shout this Tom Segura, is calling her a bitch every day. They call her they make making all types of bald headed jokes, calling her all types of different types of bald headed things and this and that. And I'm like, are you now gonna go and slap all of them? Is that what the plan is? Like is that what you're gonna do when you see them, when they see you and they say it in front of you, you're gonna slap them? Like what is the plan for that? If he had did it in a different way, I don't think any other people would have been upset. Like if he had slapped him in the back, if he went up there, slapped him and stood there, if he went up there, whispered, you know, talked in his ear, said, Hey though, bro, listen, I need you to chill out with all of that. I don't think any people would have had the same vitriol towards him and his wife that they're getting right now. And then the whole thing about it, which is crazy, is that there are women who feel like, yeah, that's the right thing to do. And then he apologized for it. So as a woman, do you want your man to apologize for defending you? Does that make you, does, do you still feel the same way if he punched somebody for you and then say, yo, I was wrong. Then also, as far as the episode last week, what I've realized and not realized, which I already know, I tried to see if it would change but whenever i start the podcast off with something that does not but yeah if i start off the podcast with something that doesn't really get me going then my energy is usually very low and i think it always comes out bad for the podcast yeah i, talk, I talked about the memory and your teeth so it's crazy because there actually is a connection between your memory and your teeth i found some screenshots i took about how they're related to each other. This one says, when a person chews, the movement of teeth stimulates the brain's hippocampus, which is involved in memory. Tooth loss means that fewer of these signals are sent. Scientists found that elderly individuals who had more of their own teeth had 4% better memory compared to those with greater teeth loss. All right, this one says that people have long known of the link between aging and tooth loss, but researchers have now discovered that tooth loss can cause loss of memory. When a person chews, again, they said that that stimulates that part of your brain, uh, the hippocampus. So when you have uh, tooth loss, 
that means fewer of those signals are sent. So this is something that we just talked about, thought it was funny. And then Tori also sent me some articles about it too, which again, I think it's so, it's like, it's, it's a very interesting thing because I know a lot of people have been told to take out their wisdom teeth. And I've always felt like there was no reason to do that. And for me, mine were growing in sideways. And they always say, hey, you know, you should take it out because it's going to affect you down the line. And I feel like I tell everybody that. I feel like everybody gets told that. But then for me, it never affected me. Or at least I'm 27 now. I have never had no problem with my, with my wisdom teeth. And then Melissa, she used to have problems with her wisdom teeth. And she changed her diet from last year when we were eating more alkaline food. And she had less pain in her teeth. So it's kind of like, is it a diet thing? Because I always look at it like anything that was that you were born with is probably supposed to be there. Like your gallbladder, your other lung, your liver, all these things that they say, oh, just cut it out. Just put it. You don't need it. It's going to be fine. I'm like, mm, it was for something like it's, it's literally if you were building a house and say, you know what? I'm going to pull out one of these plumbing pipes because you don't need it right now. It's like, bro, that's crazy. And I think that that is what happens with a lot of uh, the the ideas we have here behind medicine. It's like, just cut it out, remove it, put something new in there and you'll be fine. As opposed to actually changing and helping your body. So like removing the bad food or removing the, the unhealthy behaviors that are causing your body to uh, decay. So I will get into the topics next episode. We'll be back here next Tuesday. You can find all the behind the scenes content on our social medias. Mine is Donovan Gray, D-O-N-I-V-A-N-G-R-A-Y, and my phenomenal, beautiful, amazing girlfriend, Anita Byrne, A-N-E-T-A-B-U-R-N. All right. You know what it is. Hashtag Bamboo Project 2022 is going to be a movie. All right. And with that being said, Bamboo Project out.